Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. God is on the move. He is on the move. It's insane. It is really, really insane. I just want to read this little thing that I wrote to start. It just says, we have entered a new season of authority. Dad is wanting us to walk at a new level in which we haven't walked yet. The kingdom is wide open, and it's ready to distribute the resources of heaven. It wants us to steward at a new level of authority. Make no mistake, it won't and can't be business as usual. There's an outpouring coming that the most unlikely people will be radically will be radical believers. The greatest opponents will be the greatest spokespeople. People of prominence will be radically delivered. So my people, how can you prepare yourself to carry the new glory? How can you commit to more seeking? How can you commit to more hunger? Stir up your passion. Don't find yourself asleep. Don't find yourself taking a nap. Cause your soul to wake up and arise to her place. I want to anoint you with power. I want to anoint you with fire. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. You know, there's this thing that God is really wanting us to walk at a new level. And it's kind of like um, this: the church has been asleep. And, I mean, everybody can feel that this isn't some, some really deep thing. You know, it's, it's all over. You can feel it, that there's this rumbling, that there's this awakening to who she is. And, you know, I was just thinking about... You know, what does it really look like for us to walk the way that he designed for us to walk? And I don't know about you, but I know that up until now, we haven't been quite getting it yet. You know, we're just not quite there yet. It's funny, you know, people in other countries really get spiritual authority much more than us Americans do. You know, we get, we get kingdom, they get kingdoms better than we get kingdoms. Since we have a democracy, then we have this misconception that we get a vote and we get a say on what we participate with. And so I think it kind of messes us up because the kingdom isn't a democracy. And to the degree that you think it's a democracy will be to the degree that you have authority. We have to recognize who the real king is so we can be under him and his good rule. People that don't understand his goodness have a hard time with that getting under his rulership. But once you've been touched by him, once you've experienced him, once you know him, then it is your good pleasure to run and get under it. You wouldn't want to be anywhere else. There's no better place to be than under his good, good rulership. Um, let's turn to, you don't have to turn, but if you want to, you can. Let's go to Revelations 1.18. When I saw him, I fell down at his feet, as good as dead. But he, but he laid his right hand on me, and I heard his reassuring voice say, Don't yield to fear. I am the beginning, and I am the end, the living one. I was dead, but now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys that unlock death and the unseen world. What's funny there is 
it's not funny, but what what that means that he, that he laid his right hand on me in the footnotes in the Passion, it says Jesus holds the seven stars in his right hand, and now he lays his right hand upon John. So the right hand speaks of power, authority, and blessing. Something that stood out to me in this in this passage is that John that John is having this this encounter. And Jesus has to tell him, don't yield to fear. I mean, you would think if, if, if there ever was a time to fall in a holy fear reverence, it would be with Jesus standing there. And yet Jesus found that he needed to tell him to not yield to fear. And I asked myself, I mean, that feels like doesn't, I don't know about y'all, maybe I'm not clicking with y'all, but I'm thinking if I, if Jesus is in front of me and if I'm having this encounter, that it would be like a humbling, oh my gosh, like, you know, get down, whatever you got to do, you know, like this holy reverence for him. And what he started, what, what dad started talking to me about was what fear actually does to our authority. Fear snatches our authority from us. And it's it's really, um, it's something that in order for us to walk in power, we're going to have to learn how to get over it, obviously. What does it take for you personally for fear to snatch your authority? You know, I remember back in, in the early days, a simple spider it was my place of bowing. Just think, God of the universe gives me all this authority, and then I can have a spider that can steal it from me. I mean, for you, what is it? What is it that steals your authority? What is it that God puts you in positions of power, places of influence, and fear comes in and snatches that thing right out from under you? That makes me mad. Whenever I think about that, that like really, that's irritating to say the least. To think about this roaring church, this, this, we sung about it. It's just like, yes, like this, this church that's alive and she knows her place and she goes and she roars about the land and she sets people free. And that's what we're supposed to look like. But then we get stuck in places of fear that hold us back. So I'm going to go back to this little scripture. Jesus says, and I hold the keys that unlock death and the unseen world. That's pretty exciting, don't you think? I mean, that makes me kind of want to skip. But I think what makes me want to skip even more is this scripture right here. You ready? Jesus replied, I'm reading in Matthew 16. Jesus replied, You are favored and privileged, Simeon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this rock will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you, say me, me, I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. There's your keys. So here Jesus got the keys. And here Jesus says here, I'm going to give these keys to you. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with those keys? I love um, the passion. One second. So, um, 
I love Brian. He just really, really does such a good on expanding on things. I'm going to read this again and break it down just a little bit. Um, it says, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. And <clears throat> it says, or all the forces of hell will never have the power to win a victory over it. There is no power of darkness that can stop the advancing church that Jesus builds. That's exciting. That's what we get to be part of. Look at your neighbor and say, that's what you're a part of. Say, neighbor, you're going to come up a level. And so it says, I will give you the keys, which the keys are symbols of authority and ruling power. And it says, of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that is which is released in heaven. The footnote says, oh, whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven or that which you forbid on earth must be that which is already forbidden in heaven and that which you permit on earth must be that which is already permitted in heaven. So what that tells me is you need to know what's going on in heaven for you to know what's okay to be going on down here. I wore an appropriate shirt for this day because if we don't know what's going on in heaven, then we're going to be trying to say things need to be going on that don't need to be going on, and we're going to get it all topsy-turvy. And so that's why you have to go up and have some conversations to know what needs to be bound and loosed on earth. But if, if, if you just go by whatever, just whatever you feel like, sometimes you're not going to be in line with what God is doing. And so you have to really know what kind of power you're wielding. I think, I think actually the church can work against herself because I think some of them are binding and some of them are loosing. And so then it's like, wait a second, what are we doing here? Which are we supposed to be doing? So it's really, really important for the prophetic to be sharp and to be able to say, okay, this is what God is saying. This, this, is, what, this is where to point your prayers. This is what you should be doing. So if you're not actively participating in your prayer life with stopping and waiting and getting his download before just jumping in, the chances are that you may not be praying according to his will. And I don't know about you, but we've been given these amazing keys. That makes me want to use them, right? That makes me want to use them, just in general. Let's use them. Let's use them right. Shall we? You know, it was really interesting because whenever I was studying on authority, the do not yield to fear was in multiple places that coupled authority. It wasn't just one time or two times. It was multiple times. And see, we have to remember that the enemy doesn't have authority. He borrows ours. It's on loan. It's like a library book. We check out to him. That makes me want to throw up because I don't want to do that. But but seriously, I think I think that it was so interesting what we learned on Wednesday. You know, I think just, you know, a lot of times, you know, going after and praying over things and and you know, were they good prayers? Absolutely. Was there good counsel? Absolutely. But then whenever there's this other thing going on that we've partnered with, that we've, that we've attached our belief system, that we've, that we've went to bed with, then that actually creates a different system that we have to get rid of so that we can even operate in this new place that God's called us to. And so <clears throat> it's a really big thing that we keep our authority and we hold on to it. We don't want to give it to the enemy. You know, and fear is a really 
it's a really tricky thing because sometimes it feels logical. Like for me, thinking about John and, and you know, that experience, like it feels like it would be logical to be like, <gasps> you know, okay, you know, this is, you know, this is pretty intense. But, you know, fear, I think, of course, there's a holy reverence for God. Y'all are following me, right? Okay, okay. Um, but, you know, there's just times that you would think that fear would be, well, that's logical. Of course you'd be afraid. But I feel like that God is really asking if we would be a people that would learn how to not fear. And it's going to start in the tiniest of places. So as I stated, you know, spiders used to be my thing. Not anymore. Thank God. He delivered me from that. Oh, that's a different story. I won't go there. But, you know, I really think that it's a big deal that in the word, whenever it talks about authority, it talks about fear. And that fear is the thing, it can rob you of your authority. And so you just have to know what gets you, what is your hang up that begins to pull you back, that make your eyes go to the side and then you lose, you lose your vision, you yield to fear. Is everybody aware of your places? If you're not aware, you need to talk to somebody. Because they can help you. They can help you see your places that you can't see. I think um, everything within the spirit realm operates on authority. Everything's about authority. So either we stand in our places of authority and we set captives free, we partner with the kingdom of heaven, or if we go idle, then chances are we are using our authority mis and mismanagement and loaning it to the enemy. And so the authority is a huge issue because the devil has to have it to operate. He, ha he has to have that in order to get things done that he needs to get done, and he gets it done by people. That's how, that's how he, he gets all of his things in action. And so everything about the spirit realm is about authority. And so, you know, I love that God is, is going to give us a new level. He's going to give us a new level, but that means that we have to have a new awareness of what it's for and what we do with it. And <clears throat> I think with, with the authority, with, with a new um, understanding of the authority that we have, that we're not just um, deaf, dumb, and blind to it, that we don't just not care, that we really, uh, that we understand the weight that we carry, we understand the seriousness of what we carry, then God has a whole world that he wants to open up to us. It was really interesting because, um, so how, how I came up with this message, it was funny. I'm going to share it. Shoot. Um, I had this, I had this weird thing happen the other night. I woke up and like, I don't have nosebleeds. That's not a thing for me. I just don't have them. And, you know, like maybe during the winter time, you know, you may have a little nose or, you know, you may get a little bit irritated. But of course, there was so much rain, it was super humid. So I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, wow, I have a runny nose. And I didn't think anything about it until I woke up the next morning and it was not a runny nose. It was a bloody nose. And I was like, that is the weirdest thing ever. And so I was just like, okay, well, but I, it couldn't get off my head. Like I, it was that burning bush thing. And it was like, what, why is that? Like what happened? I know, I know you're trying to talk to me. So it's funny. So Shudi came to my room and I was talking to her and I said, Shudi, the weirdest thing happened. And so I told her and she was like, huh, okay, well, that's interesting. And so off she went and didn't think anything else about it. And then the next morning I woke up and she had sent me a, a text message. And she said that she had gone to her room that night and the Holy Spirit told her to turn on the TV and to turn it to a certain channel. And so she turned it to the channel and he was like, watch this. And she's like, well, you know, I've seen this before and it was probably a movie I only really wanted to watch one time, didn't care to watch it a second time. And so she said, okay, but I'll go ahead and I'll watch it. And then 
it came to a point, it was in the movie, it was uh, Wonder Woman 1984, 81, whichever year that was, 89, eight, whatever that was. And it was when the guy was in the office of the President of the United States, and he, had a, he was getting a nosebleed, and he said, I want your authority and your power. So that's what the enemy is after. He's after our authority and our power. And I think it's really, it's just, this is such an awesome time to have this message because we, what we experienced on Wednesday, we experienced us partnering our authority and saying no more. This is not okay. And so that should give us like this wake up call that it's like, okay, man, like I can do this anywhere. I can take this thing and I got, I got fire in these hands. I got to go deliver it. I got to go set some people free. So you have power in your hands. We got to yield our authority properly. We got to, we got to, did I say yield it, wield it? You got to yield it, wield it, whatever. You do something with it, get it out there. You got to use it. You got to use that stuff. We have to remember that the enemy hates us. <laughs> you know what I mean? We have to remember that it's not like it's not like he's playing some kitty game. He he's out to kill. You know, I think I think sometimes we're and, and you know, we're lovers and we just love and we just want to love people and we just wish everybody would be good because everything's just love 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 but we have to remember that we have an enemy that is out to absolutely kill you that is his goal he thinks of the very worst case scenario of your life what he could do the very worst thing and he tries to make all the plans accordingly so you have an opponent and if you're not if you're not if you're not in the know about that, then I think we get caught sleeping on the job. And so then we get led into captivity because we don't manage the things we think about. We don't manage the things we partner with. We don't manage our authority. And then before you know it, we get off in la-la land. But not anymore because we are fully awake and aware, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying right there. I had this other cool dream last. Well, no, I didn't have a dream. I this morning I was like, "Shady, hey, did we have a conversation yesterday about how much we love Colossians 3? She's like, "No." So then I guess I dreamed. I dreamt it. I dreamt how much we love Colossians 3. So we're going to turn there, shall we? He's so fun, isn't he? I love him. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Say it to your neighbor. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. What does that mean? It's good, isn't it? This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. How much of it? Every bit of it. That is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. So we can't get distracted by the natural realm. Sometimes... The natural realm is so loud. That thing is like, you know, whenever you go into like a movie theater and then all of a sudden somebody brought their baby in and it starts crying, you know, it's like, eh, okay, I'm trying to watch this movie. That's what it's like to have the distractions of the natural realm. You're trying to focus, trying to be in the, in the zone. And there's this thing trying to get your attention, trying to get your attention, trying to get your attention. 
So how do you focus on the things of heaven when the natural is screaming at you? It's a it's actually a it's a tool that we have to learn to use. And I I would imagine that that's one that we're not really great at. We can I think sometimes we're good. Some areas are really good, but then there's some other areas we kind of need to come up just a little bit higher in. Because God is wanting something happens Whenever our minds are feasting on things of the spirit, do y'all know? Do y'all know what I mean? When you know you have those times, whenever you know you're all in your own head, nothing's good there. You know, no one loves you. Everybody hates you. You're all by yourself. You're this big victim, just all in a corner. And then you know, whenever you're like, man, like. Look what all God is doing, what all he's saying, what all he wants to do. You know, there's a difference there. There's a big difference. There's a big difference in here, and there's a big difference on how we operate out here. So, see, we can't operate in a place of power and authority if our minds are all focused on what's going on in here. Maybe if we didn't get our way or somebody didn't look at us like we wanted to look at us or... You know, there's a whole list of things that can get us all into a tizzy. So, don't get distracted by things in the natural. Okay? Don't get distracted. It says, live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who has died to the desires for forbidden things, including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. When you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of obedience. That's how you once behave, characterized by your evil deeds. But now it's time to eliminate them from your lives once and for all. Anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred. That includes self-hatred. Cursing, say self-hatred. Mm-hmm. That's just as bad. Sometimes it's we feel like we can hate ourselves, but we can't hate somebody else, but it's just as bad. All forms of hatred, cursing, filthy speech, and lying lay aside your old Adam self with its masquerade and disguise. You know, this is probably one of my, the biggest problems that I have with the 12-step programs. And, you know, I remember when I had I had a ministry and I was doing Celebrate Recovery and, you know, I had a similar experience with Pam. You know, I was given this ministry and and <clears throat> I, you know, I was just like, man, like the more I was in it, there was a time whenever I was really immature that it helped me. But then as I matured, it helped me in the fact that um, it gave me a network of people to to be around with. That's really how it helped me. But um, so as I was running this ministry, I started having this uncomfortable feeling, just like man, like I don't want to just because you know you would say you would start it by saying hello. My name is Sarah, and I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with, and then you fill in the blank, and so then that was the identification mark. For all people. And so then I'm like, well, yeah, but see, but I don't know what you do with this scripture. Because I'm supposed to live as one that's actually dead to it. And so then why do I want to keep saying, hey, but this is who I am because it's not who I am. And so I had to, I mean, I remember and I just went to the pastor and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And he was like, okay, well, what ministry do you want? You can have any ministry you want. He was like, do you want deliverance? What do you want? You can have you can have it. I give you an open open door. And I knew then I just said I I can't. I said, like, I, I have to I have to step away. Like I have to get myself right. Cause I knew I knew that I didn't have the power. I had been given a position of authority, but I didn't have the power 
to really help people change. I had a burning desire to see people changed. I was hungry. I, I loved, you know, just the whole, just like now, you know, I mean, I live for it. I didn't know how to do it then. But see, I had been given a position without the ability to really manage it. And so I think sometimes, you know, that was such an eye-opening thing for me because I knew that in order for me to really live out what God had called me to do, I knew that I had to get tools and I needed to learn how to steward it well. And so I think that we've all been in a season where God has been teaching us how to steward things. And now he wants to give us the next level, which he wants to give us more entrance with more authority and with more power. And so I, I'm really excited about that. I don't know if you're excited about it. I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's exciting. Um, <clears throat> so part of when, <clears throat> when God is giving us a new level of authority and power, you know, if we don't know how to submit to authority, then that would cause a misuse of our authority. And so I don't know that I feel like we went through a whole season of talking about authority, so I shouldn't need to address it again, but I'm going to go ahead and address it just a little bit because I think it still messes some people up some. So I want to read out of Luke Luke 7. After Jesus finished giving revelation to the people on the hillside, he went on to Capernaum. A Roman military captain there had a beloved servant whom he valued highly and who was sick to the point of death. When the captain heard that Jesus was in the city, he sent some respected Jewish elders to plead with him to come and heal his dying servant. So they came to Jesus and told him, The Roman captain is a wonderful man. If anyone deserves a visit from you, it is him. Won't you please come to his home and heal his servant? For he loves the Jewish people, and he even built our meeting hall for us. Jesus started off with them, but on his way there, Friends of the captain stopped him and delivered this message. Master, don't bother to come to me in person, for I am not good enough for you to enter my home. I'm not worthy enough to even come out to meet one like you. But if you just speak the word of healing from right where you are, I know that my servant will be healed. I am an ordinary man. Yet I understand the power of authority, and I see that authority operating through you. I have soldiers under me who obey everything I command. I also have authorities over me whom I likewise obey. So, Master, just speak the word, and healing will flow. Jesus marveled at this. He turned around and said to the crowd who had followed him, Listen, everyone, never have I found among the people of God a man like this who believes so strongly in me. That's a, that's a, high, that's a high thing to say right there. Jesus then spoke the healing word from a distance. When the man's friends returned to the home, they found the servant completely healed and doing fine. If you think that recognizing authority in your life is not a big deal. You got to shift because it's a really big deal. It is, it's a big deal to God. I had something interesting happen. Um, so she's not here. She'll listen to it though. Um, so I, this was, I think, Monday or Tuesday, I was driving and I just felt like the Holy Spirit told me to send Bailey a text. And it was something that he had laid on my heart. And in the text, I just said, hey, I have a question for you. 
And I'm just wondering if you'd be willing to take this to dad in prayer and just pray about it. And so she said, absolutely, I would love to. And so I told her something that I felt like that, that dad was telling me. And so, you know, I just said, I'm just going to leave that with you. And then you can, you know, choose to do what you want to with it. And so fast forward, then I saw her on Wednesday and I, um, I was just talking to her some more about it. And then she had told me that she had basically decided to listen to some counsel that I told her. And, um, so she was going to go ahead and, and go forward with what I had, what I had brought to her and which I thought that was awesome. That was, that was amazing. And then come to find out that same day that she made that decision to go with the council, then, uh, Roe Roosevelt was given this great promotion at work. And he got a great promotion with a raise and with a company car and everything. And, and, you know, I was talking to Teresa about it and it's, that's what happens when we come into partnership with authority. That's what happens when we have a now word from dad that, that somebody that is, is in a position of authority says, hey, this is something that I'm seeing, and they partner with it, and God does something. And so it's, you know, we don't get it. Like I said, we are used to, you know, living in the good old U.S. of A. So we feel like everything, we get to vote on everything, but God is just not that way. And God will, God deliberately puts people in your life, put situations to happen that challenges what you think and what you believe to see if you're going to partner with it. Because see, the truth is that when, when we give God our yes, when we, when we willingly submit to him, then we have everything available to us. The open doors of yes. When, when we say yes to God, then everything that we have need of, he opens the door to that. It's all about getting under authority and submitting to authority. You know, something happens when if, if, we, if we struggle to really yield and submit to God, then do y'all, and I may have to talk to a different church because I'm sure that nobody here would feel this way, but you know, it's like all the doors shut. Like if you're trying to do something, you know, and you're wanting to get this thing done, you're wanting to make it happen. And then it's just like, bam, it's just not working out. But then it's like whenever you get into the river of what God is doing, then it's just like everything kind of fling wide. Everything's just slings wide open. That's the goodness of dad right there. You know, the, the truth is that we really need each other. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. I need you dearly. You have what I need. Give it to me. So we have things that each other need. And when we are under the rule of a good, good dad, when we're operating with him, when we're in a place that we're yielding to him, we are submitted to him, we're in a family, everybody's doing the same thing, we're just like all going in this one unit, this one group together, man, it's just like we are an unstoppable force. Yeah. We are unstoppable. But we can't take our eyes off and start thinking about what we need. Yeah. Am I going to get what I need? We got to stay under the flow of the one. And everything is wide open for us. I just want you to think for just a second about your life and about what the enemy has done to try and deter you from your life. What are all the ways that he's tried to stop you? What's your pushback been like? 
you know, he he doesn't come after things that aren't worth anything. He doesn't he doesn't bother with things that don't matter. He only bothers with things that he knows are of value. That's all he does. See, see, one thing that I love about Ippy getting free is that Ippy went through years of a struggle. You know, years of trying to just keep fighting through it, fighting through it, fighting through it. You know, the tenacity to just stay in there and keep fighting. That tells me the great war, there's a great warrior that's in there. And so then I I can look at it and say, man, that is just so fun that the enemy lost. That is so good. I love that he lost. I love that he lost. So it is with you. Remember, what are your places of great pressing? Those are places of influence for you. Those are places that God wants to use you. I mean, I just look at myself, you know, how I'm not dead is only by the grace of God because, you know, I mean, I overdosed on more than one occasion. You know, I was a mess. And, you know, God was like, no, I'm going to save her. I'm going to save her because she has authority. So for you, when you're battling, you have to remember, well, the degree of the battle is the degree of my authority. And so I'm going to stand up. And so then you're not just like weakling to it. Then you actually have power. Then that makes you say, okay, well, God, you only allow me to be in a situation that you know I'm going to be victorious in. He already knows it. He's already equipped us. It's already a done deal. In his book, it's, it's done. So you have to remember when you're in a battle, you have to remember that you're already equipped to win the battle. So you already have what it takes. I was talking to him about his canopy of goodness. And, you know, sometimes I think we have to be okay with being under a canopy of goodness, but then also a canopy of maybe when things you don't understand are going on. I I think sometimes we can question the rule of a good, good father, if things aren't going the way that we want them to go. And I think that that is a way that the enemy really causes us to get disillusioned and actually causes us to step outside our places of authority. And so, you know, I I think it's just so important to the heart of God that we understand that the development of our lives, he's the one that's the overseer of it. And so we can so fully trust in his fathering ways, his parenting ways. And we can trust that no matter what we personally feel like is going on, that we can see the goodness of who he is in all the places. And to the degree that we're able to stand in a place of really recognizing his goodness in our lives, that'll be the place that we're able to stand in our positions and maintain our places of authority when there's, whenever there's maybe things going on in our lives that we don't understand. And I think just from being on this side of the aisle, I think a lot of times I find that if people have things going on in their lives that maybe they judge the way God's doing it, then it causes them to get outside of their places. And then they're not really functioning anymore in the roles that God's given them. And it's important that we learn how to trust no matter where we are in life with him. And, you know, he longs, he longs to provide that canopy of grace over our lives, but we have to stay under it too. You know, I have to position myself under him. I had to position myself under his lordship. 
And so how can you position yourself under his lordship? What are ways that you personally can really submit to him in a new way? You know, maybe... You know, maybe something that's harder to give up is what you need to give up. Maybe just giving up your own way is a way that you can get under the canopy more. But he wants to he wants to be everything that we need, and so it's just always a matter of will we be willing to give and yield? And so operating in new places of power and authority, I can just say that we can't take what we want with us. Because the closer we get to him, the more we can't hold on to what's ours. The more it has to be like this. Everything has to be like that. But I love that we're doing it with the family. I love that I can look around and I can trust, you know, that maybe even in places that um, maybe afraid to let go of or afraid to maybe open up your hand, I think it's really good that we have such oversight that that we aren't doing this by ourselves. That we have that we submit to leadership, that we submit to authority, and they can help even oversee our lives. Because I think that's a really huge thing to God. He doesn't want us just independently just doing whatever we want to do. But it's really about coming together as a family unit. So I think that I feel like that that's just even where we are in this family unit now that God has really done something so big in this tribe. Like it's Wednesday was really huge. And so now it's like, how can we lock arms together even more? How can we become even more unified? How can we look at each other differently? It's, it's really important that whenever people have major breakthroughs and whenever you yourself have a major breakthrough, that you don't look at yourself the same way you looked at yourself before. You can't, that's that scripture that I read. You, you can't judge yourself according to whatever you did in your past. You have to, you have to actually get under his canopy and say the things about you that he says. There's a lot of grace for that. That's what I want to do. But, you know, we can try and do things all on our own, but it really is exhausting because God meant for us to do it together as a family. And if you're afraid to share your heart, if you're afraid to be open, if you're afraid to be vulnerable and real, it's going to be really frustrating because that's the avenue that God is wanting to work in. You know, like the thing with Shooty, like I didn't, I I don't know why he didn't tell me. Like he could have told me about a bloody nose. Like he could have, like, why didn't he just tell me? But it's that he loves all of us working together. He le- that is see we get messed up and if you want to kind of be the the know-it-all if you want to be the one that gets it that gets the at a boy or at a girl that's going to mess you up because God is wanting to gift everybody and he loves that everybody gets to throw some in the pot and and get a say and and everybody gets acknowledgement that's what he loves so we have to adjust say I'm 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 adjustable I can adjust. I sure can. I love in Proverbs. Okay, so I don't know if y'all do this, but if you don't do this, this is going to be my word of encouragement. If you ever have a question about, you know, the way you're thinking, then if you'll just, it's real simple. Y'all ready? Okay. You just Google something in the Bible. You say this, you give this word, and you say the Bible, and then it'll pull up a bunch of different scriptures. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing, isn't it? Uh huh. And so then it can give you all kinds of information, and then you can adjust your whole world based on that. Google, we're so thankful for Google. So if you struggle at all with, um, you know, maybe listening to wise counsel or anything like that, if you'll just go to Dr. Google and just type that in, and then they will give you a whole bunch of Bible verses, and it will really mature you in a great way. So Proverbs is one of them. So I'm just going to have to give a little taste of it, because in Proverbs 11, it says, People lose their way without wise leadership, but a nation succeeds and stands in victory when it has many 
good counselors to guide it. Is that going to be you? It talks a lot about fools. Fools, it talks a lot about fools. Fools won't listen. Fools don't ask. Fools don't. Fools don't. But it talks about a lot wise. What happens if you are a wise person? I'm going to be wise. I think another really huge thing about being willing to listen and have um, just people in your life just helping you stay on is that, you know, it's just like the thing with Bailey. Like, I wonder how much stuff God would give to us if we had instant obedience. Like, I think about what was going on in the spirit realm that God dropped that into my lap and said, okay, now send that to her. And then I sent it to her, and then she said, okay, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to pray about it. And then all of a sudden, then this other thing happens. Like, think of the timing of that. What would have happened if I would have been like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do that. No, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll just do that tomorrow. Like, how would that have affected it? Because, you know, they were obviously were having a meeting. Oh, another thing is that they had said about Roosevelt is that nobody had ever been given a promotion before being there under a year. He was the first person. So, so that's amazing. So, you know, they had to be having a meeting about him, right? And so what would have happened if I would have been like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, what would that have affected? Like, what happens in our lives whenever we won't yield, when we won't be obedient? Like, I, what happens? Like, I, I want to know, like, what have I missed out on because I questioned myself or I didn't want to or I was embarrassed or whatever? What could I have done different? What could have happened if I would have yielded differently? So it's like, man, like, it's. It's not light. It's not small. It's it's a big thing. And so I love that God has put this family together that one person can say, hey, think about this. And it's that Kairos moment. They're like, okay, yes, I'm going to think about that. And then God does something. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, but I really, I really feel like because Bailey yielded and Bailey listened, that opened up an avenue. So that tells me we need each other. That tells me, like, I have to have you. Like, I need you. Say, tell your partner, say, I need you. I need you. You need me. Like, we, we have to have each other. Whenever we are working together as a unit, when we're working together as a family, because God loves family, right? He loves it. When we're working together as a family, as a unit, then everything isn't on one person. It's like God gives different things. And then as we yield and as we we move forward with whatever it, God is speaking or saying or doing, then it opens up a new door for us. So like, I feel like, you know, Desrim has really had a lot of um, neat things happen. Like, We've been given entrance to people's lives. And so that's not just for Desrim. Like, I don't know what all, you know, there's, you know, I don't know what all. But anytime one of us gets an upgrade or gets something, we all go up. All of us go up. So Cheryl and Aaron, they got, they got upgrades. And so then every, we all go up together as a family unit. It's not just by yourself. And I love that because that makes me feel connected. It makes me feel safe. It makes me feel I love being part of a tribe. And so if you want to be independent, then you may not like that. Uh-huh. But I think that I think that God is wanting to open up whole new doors that are yeses. We got a lot of doors that are open for the yes. He's saying, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I will. But then there's a responsibility on our part. We we do our part. And he does his part. But we got to do our part. 
And so what would what would you do with a whole bunch of yeses? See, God wants to entrust us with a lot. He wants to entrust us with new authority, with new power, with new doors opening, with new entrance to people. And so it's really important that you know before going in, what is your response is going to look like? Does God have your yes? See, we can't, we can't give him a no and then wait for him to give us a yes. So how are you, how, how can we say you have my yes, no matter what it takes, no matter what it is, you have my yes. If you can't say that, if you're, if you're unable to say he has my yes, then you got to go and look at the place of injury and why you don't want to give it. Because whenever you know him as a good dad, when you know him as a good God, when you know him as a lover of your soul, when you know him as fully trustworthy, then yeses are nothing. Yeses are like breathing. You get it. It's all yours. Y'all know that feeling when you've been stubborn? That's a miserable feeling. But you know that feeling when you're free? And it's just like, man, yes, God. Yes, yes, yes. What was I afraid of? There is nothing to be afraid of. That's how we're supposed to live. So what will you do with new authority and new power? How will you... How will you use it? Let me pray over us. Daddy, I just pray over your people today. Daddy, I thank you that within each one of us is a giant. Within each one of us, your spirit is roaring. Your spirit is mighty and big. So, Daddy, I just pray that you would help us to walk at a new level that you're calling us to. God, we we want to tell you that you have our yes. Even if we didn't get anything else in return, you have our yes. And so, Daddy, I just pray today that as each person in here hears my voice, I pray, oh God, that they'll have just an extreme hunger to live life differently. That they hear the cry in your voice, longing to move through us in new ways. So, Daddy, we don't even know what it looks like for you to fully move the way you want to move. We have thoughts and we have imaginations, but we don't really know. But we just say, Daddy, that whatever you want to do is fine with us. And we just want to be part. We just want to be part, Daddy. So I just pray over every heart today that they'll be relentless. Relentless in being all that you called them to be. Relentless in overcoming every obstacle. Relentless in eradicating all fear that would try and steal their authority. And Daddy, we just say that we just yield to the leading of your great lordship in our lives, that we yield to authority in our lives. Thank you for authority. Thank you that we get a covering and a canopy of authority. So Daddy, we honor you today. 
We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Tessa? Wow. That was awesome. Come on. The way she put that together was amazing. Um, she had asked me to come up here and kind of wrap us up. And um, it was funny because I was thinking on the way here, like, oh, mama's preaching today. And I got really excited because there's just a really cool different anointing that happens when different people preach and yeah. it releases something different. And I had thought of this scripture. Um, it's Matthew 10, 41. Whoever receives a prophet because he is God's messenger will share a prophet's reward. And so I was like, well, what is a prophet's reward? And then she told that story about Bailey and Roe. And that's a prophet's reward. You get provided for. Everything just starts flowing. And you're just totally taken care of. And it's just a really sweet thing. And even even thinking about that, um, that we get the prophet's reward of hearing his voice of clarity of flowing of that's what a prophet is is he a uh, prophet she or he is very close to his heart and um just flowing with him and so was, that was really awesome i wanted to share real quick um i think just a quick testimony um i was thinking in worship today how awesome it is that um Wednesday was really awesome. Um, and I <laughs> just say it again. This is really awesome. Um, but I feel like that what really happened for me was, was that um, I got set free. But, but what's cool is that I know that I've been set free. I've been set free. And um, what personally about my history is that I've, I've been set free and uh, what but what comes in is this guilt over my family and you know that fear of man and all of those things that come that actually do, does steal my authority in that area um i have freedom and i have authority because he set me free but what tries to yes <laughs> and what tries to come is to tries to put a blanket over that and uh, that guilt and all of that and so that just completely got lifted off of me but i think that that is even what what mama carries is is just like wow the testimony of my story that gives me freedom that i have that she knows her authority we know our authority now and so that that is what freedom does is it brings us back to our authority and gives us the confidence to say you know i know what i carry i know what i carry i know what i release i know that um i have something to bring and so that was just really awesome and so saying that to say re-listen to the message and really take it to heart and and practice receiving what she's saying and going over and saying hey what is my area of fear that i mean i i learned what mine was and it was blew my brains because it was like i didn't even get to fully receive even though i had the freedom i didn't get to fully receive um the joy of knowing i'm free of that you know the joy of knowing i have authority over that there wasn't there wasn't that moment and then i i even missed um just how 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 grateful i should have been the whole time because then i was like okay daddy i repent from not even seeing it before not seeing how free i was before like i i've been free and i'm more free now but i've been free (laughs) so how cool is it that that you know now i can just say okay daddy i repent that i couldn't see it before how free i actually was and what you actually actually did for me that released me into you know, my destiny. And so, oh, daddy. So let, I'm just going to pray over us and, and just release us into all that she's saying. And so daddy, I just thank you. Daddy, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Wow. You've brought us so much, so much freedom, so much freedom. (laughs) 
And so I just release us today into being able to really see what it is that you've done that gives us authority, that takes back our authority. We have authority. We, we already have it. We have it. We have it. And so I just say that we will not let fear steal our authority one more moment. We will not let it steal our authority one more second. And so I just say, Daddy, help us to identify um, those places where fear tries to come in and settle like a wet blanket over our freedom. <laughs> just say that that's not, we're not going to let that happen, that we're going to look at it with you and just really, really dive deep into, um, wow, what you've done and keep our gratitude on to see what you've done and to, to be able to release from that place because we really do have freedom and we really do have authority and we really do have um, momentum to actually set others free and to see. And so I just I just released that over us um, that we're going to get this profits reward by listening to this message and really applying it and really running full force into the authority that you've given us over our own lives, over our own hearts, and therefore over others' lives and hearts. And so I just released that over us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Daddy, for Mama. Thank you for what she carries. Thank you for her anointing. Thank you that you rescued her. Thank you that you brought her into full freedom so that we could have uh, her reward. And so we just bless her today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.